From Cleveland, Ohio, this is the Cleveland Stage Podcast, brought to you by Fog Properties. Flexible spaces, all the right places. Visit FOGG.com for information. And now, your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hens. And we're here today as we continue our hashtag American Plays Bracket Challenge. Hashtag. Hashtag March Madness with a basketball hoop. <laughs> uh, we're yeah. still doing this. We're <laughs> doing it well. We really, we really stayed committed to this whole Did thing, you just didn't make we? That reference? Yeah. Totally yeah, we're doing it. Uh, joining us today, live to tape in the Ensemble Theater's offices, is Executive Artistic Director of Ensemble Theater and Director of the upcoming Angels in America Part Two, Perestroika, Celeste Cosentino. Yay! Yay! This is where the magic just happens. Just started uh, rehearsals for Angels Part in America Part Two, Perestroika, or as I like to call it, Angels Two: The Revenge of the Angels. Yes. Or Angels Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I think that was the working title. I think and then it was a, so listening to an a, interview with... Uh, Kushner just went around the West Coast going, guys, I'm working on the sequel to my first play. Yeah. It's yeah, called Electric Boogaloo. He said that with Christian uh, <laughs> Amanpour, the interview, if you looked that up. That's a good interview. So thanks for joining us for this bracket. Yeah, it's nice to have another I know, right? Um, another I mean, I played basketball in high school, but, you know. You're working, on, never, you're working on next season, too? I never would have thought of so maybe this will help you. Maybe That's the final one. Maybe this will help, help you think of whoever wins We have this. everything but the last one ready yeah. to go. Yeah, we're waiting, so good. You good can't to know. know until... You should know that Occupation Dad got a couple votes ahead of August Osage County. I'm not a huge case. fan of August Osage <laughs> County. Well, neither were a couple other people, apparently. They were so not a fan. I mean, I'm not like, saying, I'm gonna you know, for this idiot's Occupation play. Dad is like, you know. Just so you know, it got three votes and Tyler has three Twitter handles for some reason. I don't know. I actually, four. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, here we go. So uh, we whittled it down now to 32 te- plays, not wow. teams. That's a lot. It was, and a lot of the votes were actually really close. Uh, there were, I think, one or two of the 64 who received 100% of the votes, which wow. means there was one or two who received zero votes. Uh, but, you know, the the random seating that we did left some unfortunate possibilities and we'll round. see, especially in this the, round. I am the ultimate decision maker. In the, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, you're like Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, stop yeah, that. Okay. Don't put our names you're the in Donald the Trump of this, con- <laughs> of this conversation. Okay. All right, so our first matchup in the round of 32 is uh, Eugene O'Neill versus Anna DeVere Smith. And uh, it's Long Day's Journey versus Twilight's. LA 1990. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote as we go along. So if you're following the Ensemble Theater, like live uh, Ensemble at Ensemble Clee on you're Twitter, as Ensemble. I'm gonna vote as no. I'm voting as me, but oh, okay. if you can see it recorded okay. on the, well, I'm gonna vote as the Cleveland Stage Podcast. Great. Woo. And then I'm gonna go through as at Tyler Widden and vote against everything that we just voted against <laughs> to sure. cancel it out. All right, fair enough. That's not cool. All right, so I think I may have spelled O'Neill wrong here in the very first thing, but I was running so, out of characters. You totally did. There's an okay. extra L there. It's okay. a different O'Neill, different Long Day's Journey. I know. No all right, so no, we're all no going on Long Day's there. Journey. Yeah, right? let's get that one out. Again, like we said last week, I love Anna DeVere Smith. I like her books. I yeah. like her philosophy and writing, but, you know, Long Day's Journey. Yeah. I feel like part of the, <laughs> part of the part of this thing is... Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. That's another podcast. All right. What, so what that, we, 
Well, well part of it is like... Don't take too we, long. Come we on, spent guys. All this we have how many of these to go through? We spent all this time coming up with 64 plays. Yeah. And we could have just said, look, what are the top 10 plays? And probably have come up with 15 different answers. And we're just going to end up with those 15 plays, maybe. But then again, with the random seating, maybe those plays... I mean, yeah. We saw that last round, right? Where yeah. it was like Glass Menagerie versus... Cat yeah. in a hot tin roof. That's part of it, what the tournament does is it sorts that it's out. It's kind of an interesting... You know, it does yeah, the you best, might have and, to put two plays together yeah. you wouldn't think even to... In, even basketball, does always the best team always win the tournament? No. No. Has do, they they seeding, up, do they always, always end up playing each other, right? right? They just West. had a tough draw. Hey, I played basketball time. for Regina. Stay all right, all right, let's keep going. Okay. All right, so next we have uh, Arthur Miller versus Margaret Edson. And a view... Now, this might actually be an interesting one. A view from the bridge versus wit. Ooh. A view from the bridge. I mean, I could go either way on that one. I could as well. I'm going by personal preference. I'd probably pick wit on yeah, that it's one. It's got to be personal preference. Sure. That's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd go with a view from the bridge. What's your professional opinion, though? A view from the bridge. Okay. Has anybody done wit in a while? I don't think so. No. It hasn't been done in quite some time in Cleveland. The only production I've ever saw, seen was the Obama production. Yeah. When they were still in the I mean, we alley. did a view from the bridge twice, so I've probably seen a view from the bridge yeah. more than I've seen Wit, too, so that could be part of it. All right, I'll go view from the bridge. I love that play. All right, Tracy Letts barely beating out Occupation Dad, uh, it should be noted. Uh, uh, versus Tennessee Williams. This is August Osage County versus Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Cat. Yeah, I would say Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. You know, is there going to be a time, do you think, in the future when we look back and be like, you know, August Osage County maybe like deserves it, more credit. No, because like it it's a blatant you... ripoff of Horton Foote's dividing the estate. It is, pretty much. Combined with Sam Shepard. Okay, whoa. I, I, Calm down. I mean, I, look, I, I, it's fine, <laughs> but that's what it is. I also feel like you it can, lasts you know. like almost like a half an act too long. Like it beats you over the head towards the end with stuff you already know. Right. Like he could have stopped. I mean, it's gonna look. Well, it's gonna be a play in. that people are gonna like for a long. It's time. a great play, it. but I, mean, I honestly do believe it. Kind of to roof better though. Of, of do you think it was play. a conscious ripoff, or do you think, like many plays, it just shares a lot of the same themes and maybe execution? I mean, when he was writing it, it was a, it was a time when they were doing the whole orphans home cycle at True. Signature. So Horton Foote was I mean, around you know, a lot. I'm sure the playwrights kind of, you know, are influenced was, by other playwrights. I yeah, mean, they're, they're not, around. Yeah. But I'm just saying it was in the zeitgeist a lot when he was writing the sure. play. Yeah. And I could definitely see where it I mean, it having seen from. both of them, like I feel, having produced Dividing the Estate and having seen August Osage, I felt like August, so, like what I felt like in the audience was that it was like, okay, is this done yet? Like it, mm. it went on too long. As most new plays do. With the same so. theme. And I was like, eh. <laughs> Whereas Dividing the Estate was, I mean, Horton Foote, maybe because, you know, there's new, younger And I love Horton Foote, so I'll always, I always got yeah, it back. Yeah, it just seemed like it was a little... And his brother Shelby Foote. It could have been tighter. Who's in all or of those barefoot. documentaries. Or barefoot. And plus his barefoot. <laughs> I'm not wearing my shoes. All right, so a cat in a hot tin roof. We're looking for a podiatrist. We are not going to translate this feet. from okay. German. Yeah. We have Clifford Odets. <laughs> for those of you who are on the Twitter sphere, understand that oh, joke. Oh, ouch, that's a hard one. Clifford Odets yeah. versus Tony Kushner. Waiting for Lefty versus Part 1. Yes. <gasps> How did that happen? That's not fair. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. Life I'm like unfair. on the fence on Should've that. Should have been Part 2, not Part Fudge. 1, as it turns out. I would have to go with the Angels, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, right? They're equally good. No, they're not. Yeah, they I mean, are. Angels is a better play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I love Waiting. I love Waiting, waiting for, for Lefty. Waiting for Lefty is such a classic. It's an though. important play, it's and it's a good play. But yeah. you also like Awaken Sing more than Lefty. Well, it's more of, it's not, that's not agitprop. You know what I mean? Like, right. Waiting for Lefty is pretty much agitprop. It's sure. a style. Um, 
But or what they call agitprop. I mean, it's well, about so human is beings. But... Angels, in a way. I mean, angels is. I mean, we we talked about this. It doesn't quite this. push. The, it's more human versus prop. Yeah. We no, talked about it in one of the other one of the other versions of the podcast. But I mean, angels. Which I'm sure you know because you know what's funny? It. Like we were talking about it in rehearsal <laughs> yesterday. Like everybody goes, "Oh, part one is so much better than part two. And we were reading part two, and we're like, "Now that I've heard it out loud, I kind of like part two more." Part two is as good, I think. I mean, that's just me. He goes on a really long time. There's some scenes where I, I really think he that He even whole... admit, omits some of the scenes himself. He let you cut out yeah. two of the ones. Yeah, and there's it's probably like, you don't two or do three That whole Council of Angels did. scene really seems like an F you to people who gave me the Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something I would do. <laughs> Give me the highest award. But I mean, but I mean <laughs> Put like, this on stage. I mean, it's the conclusion of part one, so it makes sense that it would be as poignant because it's the ending of the story that he began It really already. feels like a different play. It is. It's a different play, there but it's the same. Plays. All right, so anyway. speaking of, yeah. we have August Wilson's Radio Golf versus Clifford Odette's Awake and Sing. Radio Golf. Yeah, I mean, I like Radio Golf because it's my favorite August Wilson play. And I really? think it's just, it's so press, it's so profound right now. I mean, Awake and Sing is really good. I mean, it's, it's really so good. subtly it's really profound that that's why, But for me. Radio Golf. Is... Yeah. All right. Uh, Tina Howe's seminal painting churches versus August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, my favorite August Wilson play. Piano Lesson. Yeah, I am going with that. Yeah, I nodded my really head. You did nod your head. There's, there's not much debate going on here. It's good to move through because there's a couple of them that are going to be pretty brutal. It's, it just gets real ugly here real quick. <laughs> All right, Death of a Salesman versus Barry Child. Death of a Salesman. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Barry Child is a great Sam Shepard play, but is Sam Shepard a writer who's going to find a cycle here soon? I don't yeah, know if he not just because he way, just though. died, but because his plays, like, and when I say cycle, True so West, I always had this theory of like every playwright, or maybe even every artist, has like they come in cycles, right? Like their their work is poignant and it's cool and it's inventive, and then it gets kind of like overdone, and then twenty years later, it become you reappreciate yeah. the taste right. for that, right? I feel like though, in a way. Arthur, well, not even radio golf. I think that the the current administrative culture of theater in America is not a good culture for Sam Shepard plays. Mm. Agreed. I think that because they're so masochistic, among other reasons. I mean, they're just they're kind of weird. They're they're they're, uh, even his his even his more standard plays like Barry Child are are on the border of being experimental. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't really deal in uh, identity politics. Which is huge right now. Exactly. Um, they're also not really a fit for corporate culture, which kind of is an underlying theme right now in a lot of the Lort theaters, and mm. that's just the administrative direction we've gone. So I think I, I just don't think that I think that he came out of that, you know, like the Patty Smith, yeah. New York, right? Like you read you read M Train, you read her memoir of New York, you read these things that she writes about that time, and I could see why. She was married to Sam Shepard. I could see why they came and why his plays are that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and oh, that yeah. and it'll come. That'll come back around. Yeah. You know, I mean, I like so. I think that's. I think it's more of the environment for his plays. I mean, like you need that theater. Like you mean has, artistic environment, not political environment. He almost has a different. Yeah, flavor. I think it's more artistic. He's not. He's not quite on the palette. He's off palette, hmm. but he's good. You know I what think, I mean? Yeah, I think like what you're saying when it's like mo- the majority of the people who are producing their palette, he's a little off palette. Yeah, I mean, are his plays really? I never really think of Sam Shepard as being a playwright. Like of Bar- political. Ages of the Moon was really good. I mean, statements. I see. I think his, they're more like 
day, like day in the life human stories. Like he talks very well about like the human. Yeah, like Horton Foot, like Chek- Chekhovian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in in the sense that he does explore. Like the every man. He explores story. class, but he mm-hmm. but. You know, I don't think beyond that it's really about human beings interacting with each other. And that's just not popular right now, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. All right, so we move on to our mentor, Charles Smith's Oof. Gospel According to James oh. versus your guys are up against the wall here. What? Moon for the Misbegotten. Why? Who did that? How did that happen? It's random scene, man. stop that. Hey, you know what? Eventually they're going to meet. Bad. I would say gospel, actually. Am I in trouble? Yep, you're fired. No, I mean it's so good, but it's one—it's my favorite Charles Smith play, so maybe that's why. Uh, very different plays. Two very different plays. I would go with gospel probably there. Uh, because we'll Moon for the Misbegotten is an amazing O'Neill play, but I don't think it's his best play. O'Neill's best play. It's, it's an amazing play. It's up there. It's it's pretty up there. It's up there. It's um, an, would you more, put I mean, it all top of his three plays, or four of O'Neill plays? His up, his plays are all up there for me for uh, the most part in very different ways. Well, that's hard, but I probably top. It's probably top four. Yeah, agreed. So, Gospel According to James seems to be the Cinderella story so far. So far, yeah, keeps making it. All Here right, go Charles. Woo woo. Fences by August Wilson versus our good friend Rajiv Joseph's Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad. Why are you guys doing this to me? That one's actually this easy. This is not I'm fair. Bengal Tiger on that one. Over fences. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Fences is... I like Fences, and I think Fences is an important work in that it was really kind of a, a huge breakout. I don't think Fences just like is Ma Rainey, a, right? any like less the, these are, these are plays good as Bengal Tiger. That he wrote early on yeah, in the I cycle. I think Radio Golf and uh, Piano Lesson are better. Right. And I, and I like Fences is a, is a play. I think James Earl Jones, in a lot of ways, when I think of Fences... There's so many amazing of, monologues yeah. in that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Bengal Tiger is... That one I'm like right down the middle. A, I think Bagel Tiger is one of those plays that deals with mysticism. It deals with what are we doing in Iraq in a way that no So one what if it was Bagel Tiger then versus Piano Lesson? Piano Lesson. I think Piano Lesson's better there. But I think but this matchup, I think it's Bagel Tiger. Yeah. All right. Arthur Miller's All My Sons, a play that I have rediscovered, uh, versus Jose Rivera's Cloud Tectonics, which oh. not a lot of people many people are familiar with. Yeah, all my sons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've... Yeah. I can see hopefully a com- or not a, I don't want to say comeback. That's rude. But a... Are we translating s- that one from the French? From Does it say French? <laughs> <laughs> the AI on the Twitter well, polls you, are a you little... You can't put off. the accents on the thing. All right. I had... Jeez, oh man. There's a lot of, a lot of translations Indonesian. going on here. This is an, uh, Indonesian, apparently. I had Akhtar's versus uh, Disgraced versus Inherit the Wind. Hmm. This is interesting. Now, we had a long conversation about an Inherit the Wind, yeah. which would probably be held in higher regard if not for high school theater productions. Yeah. I don't think production has super anything important. to do with it. And, and super important, not only... Is it really, though? I mean, I think if it's a great play, it, it kind of... Inherit the Wind is super important when it comes to historical drama. Agreed. Like it was, a, it's a huge, and it, that's how I learned about how backwards the South was, sure. in a lot of ways. Was <laughs> when I read Inherit the Wind. Oh no, totally. And we did a History Day project because we were working on the Scopes Monkey Trial for History Day mm-hmm. in middle school, and then I read Inherit the Wind, and I was like, these people are backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important in that way. I think act, 
I think Octar's disgraced is. Um, Do you think that it's possible that in 30, 40 years people can look at a play like Disgrace and say the same thing? And Bengals boy, Tiger. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, man, it was really weird back then. Inherit the Wind is such it is the story is so big. Mm-hmm. It's such an epic story in the sense that it covers so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Disgraced is a is a drawing room sure. story. Um, and I just think drawing room stories have a really hard time. Mm-hmm. making it out of I mean I think you know um, Long Day's Journey maybe is the only one that I can think of that's really made it out I mean Virginia Wolf, which we'll see here that's coming up next is probably another one that continues yeah. to make it work but I don't know it's a hard one I'd have to go Inherit the Wind just because although I think the, the, the things that are brought up in Disgraced are really important and I really 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 like Disgraced um, I just think Inherit the Wind is a better play I'm going with that one as well. A better play or a more important play? Both. Yeah. Both. I think okay. I think both. Okay. All right. Uh, who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf versus Ms. Hudes Elliot, <laughs> a soldier's fugue. And I just want to point out that there's no translation suggestion for this one, <laughs> right. so even AI well, doesn't know how to pronounce the name. I do abbreviate name. her name. <laughs> uh, who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Mm. Yeah. I yep. mean, I you know, we've, had, we've talked ad infinitum about my love of... Edward Albee, right. but, you know. I'm not a fan, but that is, yes. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf's better play? Yes. But I think uh, Kiris Hudes, no, I know I'm butchering her name. Uh, I think she's a great writer, and hopefully yeah. she's around. She's younger than me, which is so depressing. Well, well, <laughs> well what's, I think what's also we're seeing in this round especially is, you know, it's really hard for, like, these newer playwrights who may have written plays that we think this one is probably going to be right. a classic, but this is a <laughs> You know what I yeah, mean? Like and 10, 20 years from now, this whole thing could be different. It could be totally different. I don't mean plays. I mean the results of the same Oh, yeah. yeah and and there will probably be other plays that we don't have on here that were written 10 years ago. Well, and that's funny that somebody because that's kind of where we, and it'll, and it'll where we live, you know, in that area where, you know, I was raised on Eugene O'Neill, like, you know, the classics. Yeah. When I was... 13 was like 20 years ago so now like angels is starting to reach class it's really interesting what you consider classic plays and how they reach that status of being a classic play yeah agreed Agreed. it really has to stand the test of time in a way so you have to wait in a way i mean but then i think some of them come out of the gate running you know you just know yeah i mean i think angels is is an example of that but do you feel like um like plays versus musicals let's say uh maybe not that was going to be a real dumb question. No, say it. I well, just I like whether that. or not musicals can come out running as well, but maybe don't hold up as well. But that's obviously a ridiculous statement when you consider how many classical I mean, classical when I look at are. musicals and everybody, I mean, I'm sure knows that I'm not a huge producer of them. I mean, that's my, I'm not a huge fan of musicals. I think it depends on the musical. Like any play, if the musical story, like it's about story. If the musical tells a good story and then that happens to add good music, it can be just as good as any play. That's well written. I mean, will Hamilton be considered a classic twenty years from now? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah. I think without a doubt. What about? F- I mean, it's home? different. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And then you could even go further and say the next five years, no. Right. You know, I think that there are plays that speak to the moment, like Rent. I think Rent is having an actually a very interesting renaissance. Um, a rentaissance. A rentaissance. Rentaissance. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And I hear a lot of I hear a lot of people um, my age, our age, say, "Well, you know, I used to like it when I was a kid, but now that I've lived and had to pay rent, and you know, 
Forget but those people. But it's also people. based on Lava Lamb. All those Lamb. artists, starving artists. Isn't yeah, it, everybody's I mean, a starving it's like, artist. It's based, it. on so it's based on a classic. It's based on a classic. And I think what's interesting about Rent is it's a little bit like um, uh, Catcher in the Rye, and that you know when when you when you when you see it as a kid, right? When you You're see it as a younger person or as a young artist, you you identify with that. And now, as you've lived through things like paying taxes and stuff for thirty years, <laughs> you say, "Well, Being who are these people?" And really, it's a gauge of how much cynicism <laughs> develops in my friends. And I'm like, yeah. I look at them when I go, "Oh God, I'm so sorry for you." <laughs> like you have to be able to step away and still see the beauty in what in what those stories are. And I think so. I think that's going to happen with a lot of the plays too. You, you know, time is gonna is gonna really change how people view them and what happens in the future, which we don't know. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, what were there plays that are considered classics now because of nine eleven that weren't considered classic before? Were there plays that were written because of nine eleven that how if we were doing this podcast in nineteen ninety nine? You know what I mean? Like, it would be a totally like and looking events. towards the oh, future. Yeah, would sense. we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole list of plays like Bengal Tiger and and the and the Soldier Fugue play. You know, those plays would have never been written because of the historical act that happens right. so it's really ditto with angels and normal heart yeah right? if AIDS yeah hadn't... oh my god so it's you know it's a pri- so some of these plays can be prisoners of their time too you know they can be so much about their time but when you say prisoners of their time it's almost like they become they come out of the gate as a classic because they're written in that time of great conflict and that's profound that's always profound throughout history yeah and that's where the people talk about do they hold up right you know well i mean yeah they'll obviously angels holds up because of it's universality and but that's what we do at ensemble a lot is we look at those plays those and we try to look at them and we say does this play hold up yeah. you know mm-hmm. is it is it a classic like we think it might so we're going with who's afraid of Virginia Woolf uh, yep unfortunately <laughs> no, all right Mary really Brock is Dutchman versus for <laughs> colored girls I'm not voting on dot, this dot, one. dot 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 you're not voting on that one? Why? No, I refuse because I have to translate it from the Indonesian first. <laughs> you know, I don't know. This that's is unfortunate seating. Yes. Oh. I mean, I gotta go for color. I'm girls. going for color girls as yeah, well, even I though to, I yeah. I appreciate Dutchman, um, because this is so effed up. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's like so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just, I just love it that part about it. Yeah. Are we getting to see what other people say? I'd be curious. Yeah, we're uh, the, we just we just posted this. Okay. So uh, I'd be curious to see. You won't other... be you won't be able to see who voted for what, but you'll be able to see the results. Got it. All right, Adrian Kennedy's Funny House of a Negro versus David Henry Wong's M. Butterfly. Going M. Butterfly. Yeah, I am as well. Yeah. I like Funny House, but uh, I think we talked about this last week. It's a okay, weird Okay, how did play the next two stage. get paired together? That's just crazy. That one's easy. Yeah, I mean. How did they get paired together? All right, so Eugene O'Neill's versus Paula Vogel's. Uh, we're doing Iceman Cometh versus How I Learned to Drive, translated from Portuguese. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I know. But you spelled O'Neill right. I here, did spell you? O'Neill right on that one. Uh, I mean, we're all going Iceman here, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty. How did those get paired together? I mean, it's just, just random happens. seating. This is, just... this is how it is. Oh, they... It's like, look at the last yeah, one. Yeah, look at this last one. This one makes <laughs> me what, what, what? Oh, no. This one almost made me quit the whole thing. <laughs> so, Lynn Nottage's Ruined versus Angela Lansbury. Hands. Jeez, oh, Angela Lansbury's <laughs> a raisin in the sun. Who done it? The Raisin in the Sun. Uh, Raisin in the Sun. After football on Sunday, tune in to Raisin in the Sun starring Angela It was the cousin. (laughs) All right, so Ruin versus Raisin in the Sun. Obviously Raisin in the Sun. I mean, that's hard. It is hard. 
I'm going to go with the Raisin. Yeah, no, I, like I mean, they're great, both great plays, but, uh, I mean, Raisin and the Sun is great. I think Ruin's cool. a really daring play. It's amazingly daring, and very well written. And Lynn Nottich is a... I mean, either one, but I think because we're leaning towards doing Raisin in the Sun next season, I'm going to vote for that. That's no, the tiebreaker. Oh, come no, on. I mean, I no, under- you can't do that. No, yep. it's a Raisin No, I mean, I get sun. it. What class, what teach, you know, people still teach that I do class. worry that it's like, it's a, these polls, we should have done two different... We'll, we're going to keep tweaking this next year. We should do plays like before a certain time. We should also make sure to have the playwright's name spelled correctly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of ways we can set it up. And this is the first pass, as yeah, they say, is... in the business. Yeah. I would have first never pass. thought to put plays in a bracket. That's just it's great. brilliant. Well, That's you hilarious. know, Hulu copied us, and they're doing they really? like TV shows or movies or something. And I think Broadway Play Publishing did one for musicals. Oh, really? Did what it, made it? did the musical. I'd be curious. I'd start down to the final four. It's <laughs> um, interesting. And somebody else did one. Oh, ESPN did one for sports movies. Mm. Mm. But we were the first, America. That's right. Hashtag go. first Guam. America. <laughs> Hashtag American Plays Bracket Challenge. <laughs> All right, so there we go. Thirty-two teams. We got four days to uh, vote on this. You can follow us at Ensemble Clee, or uh, we'll even link it from our own Twitter page here uh, at Cleveland Stage. Please vote and vote often. Uh, we encourage Come and see you. Angels Part Two. Buy your tickets. Revenge of the Angels. These are. I mean, I'm just awesome. worried that like the final four. I haven't really looked at the brackets. That it's just going to end up being like. Long Day's Journey, Iceman Cometh. <laughs> I mean, he did win four Pulitzer Prizes. I don't think, I'll, I'll, look, I'll go back Salesman. and look at the bracket, Yeah, I'll have to look but... at the brackets, too, just to make sure where we're heading. Because the next round's going to start getting, there going to be some blows. Yeah, well, I mean, You mean like the... we're going to get mad? Like we're it's going just... to be harder. Ian's going to get up and leave. Harder. I know, I'm going to be like, I can't, I just can't do it. I can't. get harder as we go. Oh, jeez. All right, so there you have it. Our, uh... Man, we're gonna wrap this up here. I think the final four is not for us for actual basketballs this weekend, right? Coming up, yeah. And but we still have the women's. Depends the, on when you're listening to this podcast. Baseball, right? baseball preseason starts right. Mm. Baseball was supposed to start today in Cincinnati, and uh, and it didn't, so they the moved flu. it because of the rain. I don't know about Cleveland here. So. Maybe we can do a fantasy plays league where you pick plays, and whichever ones get produced the most in a calendar year, you win. Yeah, but can't you just not Shakespeare? Uh, no, but, but can't you no, just no, wait no, till no, no, go no, and no, wait no, no, until no. every company announces their season? Then well, you got to draft. You got to do it early. <laughs> like we got to start thinking about next year now. <laughs> okay, we'll no, see no. about that. That's gonna be but, great. Uh, you know who's not gonna get drafted? Sh- who? This guy. Oh, gee. Occupation Dad, Dad almost made it. Almost. All right, what are you gonna say? Uh, just a big thanks to the Heights Libraries for. Uh, you know, for being here for us in the, the Coventry building. For those of you listening in Guam, there was a, a whole big deal about whether or not Ensemble was going to be able to stay in the building along with the other nonprofit tenants. And uh, it's happening. Thus, thus our benefit title. The it's future, happening. The future is bright. So the benefit is June 2nd. If you're in Cleveland, come in and celebrate with us. The future is bright. And that's really... Um, a big a big part of that was because the the Heights Library stepped up and are helping us stay in this building, which Along is great. Along with the other so. amazing, cool people that inhabit the space with us. Yeah. So. We're excited. Great. And we'd also like to thank our 2018 media sponsors, including Fog Corporate Properties, who you can find at FOGG.com. Fog builds Cleveland, flexible spaces in all the right places. 
And also, for our listeners in Michigan, visit Discount Home Improvement for all your home and renovation needs, specializing in kitchen and bath cabinets, making quality products affordable for everyone since 1994. It's your money, why pay more? Find them in Grand Rapids and Muskegon and online at DiscountMI.com. Be a sponsor, yo. And wherever you listen to the Cleveland Stage Podcast, please make sure you subscribe and rate the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ian. And this has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. Remember, Tyler, all the world's a stage. Vote on it. Ooh. Hashtag. Hashtag. All hashtag. the world's a stage. Team hashtag, brackets. Hashtag. Play brackets. Play brackets.